I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Today, we'll talk about three real paths the Steelers can take with or without Mike Tomlin that could turn their franchise around here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, as I said, this show is going to be completely about coaching and the coaching future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll get to player stuff another day when we do our grades. But I feel like that is where the point of discussion needs to be in the city of Pittsburgh right now about how things will change there, because coaching is absolutely part of the problem the Steelers are dealing with right now. And we'll get to all of that in a second here. But first, speaking of coaches, I got to give a special shout out to the best coach I've ever known. My pops, my old man, my father, Leonard Carter, who got inducted into the Pittsburgh City League Hall of Fame this past weekend for his long coaching career at Peabody High School. Love you, pops, and know that there are a lot of players out there who stop me every single month. I'm out in the city of Pittsburgh and tell them how much they love you for changing their lives. Thank you, pops, for everything that you do. So. That was the happy part of this. Let's get to the not so happy part because Steelers fans are miserable right now. And rightfully so. They're seven and seven after losing three terrible games. Let's get into to, to the three pads I was talking about here again, with or without my, uh, Mike Tomlin. And let's talk about the one that a lot of people in town want to talk about right now. And that's the obvious option on the floor, firing Mike Tomlin, which a lot of people are calling for. Uh, and I'm not even sure there's a lot of people, but people are loudly calling for it now. Um, there's the, 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 to do this, if you find Mike Tomlin, you're cutting off the last year of his contract to find a new coach. Now, if you're cutting off Tomlin or trading him, we, we're not just firing him. You're, we're throwing that in there as well. And we've talked about how trading coaches has, has never really worked for the team that traded away the coach. If you go back to the last seven head coaches who have been traded since 1997, it hasn't really worked out for any of those teams. But let's skip all that. Let's say, hey. Don't be afraid of what other how seven other teams have failed and no other teams have succeeded. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can find find a way. Four head coaching candidates that you can look here. Two on offense, two on defense. Two defensive minds. Obvious one that everyone's going to talk about. Brian Flores was just with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously has a connection with the organization. Has a good reputation. Uh, turned the the Dolphins from a laughing stock into a team with two back to back winning seasons. They're only back to back winning seasons for like a decade before he was let go and for obvious problems that there was a lawsuit and all that stuff but obviously brian flores is back on his feet and doing well coaching the minnesota vikings defense and turning them from a mid defense into a better defense this year another defensive mind you could go get steve wilkes steve wilkes has had coaching experience coached one year for a terrible cardinals team and was trying to turn things around never got that chance was obviously a lame duck coach in the first place and also got an interim head coaching chance with the with the carolina panthers and turned them into contenders for really the only time that they've had since they got rid of ron Vera for for a quick second um uh and right now Steve Wilkes doing a very good job as the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers but 
I know a lot of people are out there saying, Chris, we're tired of defensive coaches. Let's get offensive coaches. Okay, two offensive coaches, Ben Johnson, Joe Brady, two offensive co- co- coordinators right now that are kicking it and doing really well. Ben Johnson with the Lions, Joe Brady just promoted to OC from the Bills. That was always their plan. Both doing well. Both could be interesting hires that were put there. But bottom line, you do any of these moves, you're revamping the entire coaching staff. You're bringing in a whole new staff, and I, I think that what you'd be doing and so whether you hire a defensive or an offensive-minded coach, you're bringing in the offensive coaching staff to, to make this a more modern offense, to make this a successful offense, and finally get some things going on that side of the ball because it hasn't been going uh, for about three straight years now. The thing is, is that obviously there, you're taking a, a risk on a new coach and you don't know how they lead in, the, in that situation. You're also pigeonholing yourself into kind of a, a one-win scenario where you're saying, hey, we're getting rid of this coach and we're getting this coach and either you get it right here or you start to become a bottom feeder and you start cycling through coaches every few years, just like a lot of bad teams. And now there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh who will say, oh, they're not afraid of that. They're not afraid of that. You've been a bottom feeder. We've been bottom feeders for years because we've been experiencing nine and eight seasons and things like that. And then, we, you know, no, you don't know what a bottom feeder is in the NFL. If you, if you actually think that bottom feeders are a lot of teams out there that haven't seen winning seasons uh, for, for all but like one in 10, in 10 years. Uh, and a lot of people might point to, well, well the Eagles, it, it worked for them because they fired Andy Reid and, and look, it, it worked out for them. They won a Super Bowl. Well, that was also the third head coach that they had after Andy Reid. And it's also not the reality that that's the unlikely scenario. It's more likely to be like the many other franchises who fire their successful coaches. And then don't, don't get, don't get results from that. After the Rams fired uh, Mike Martz in the early 2000s or the late 2000s, excuse me, they went 10 years without a, without a, without a winning season or 10 years with losing season, 13 years without a winning season. The Cardinals, since they traded away Bruce Arians, who made them relevant in the 20s, 2010s. They've had six years, one winning season since since then. The Panthers, since letting go Ron Rivera, and it was legit that they let go Ron Rivera because he had three losing seasons in his last four years. That's a situation where I think you do it. But they've had since then they've had five head coaches and they've had five losing seasons. Disaster there right now. Chicago Bears, since they fired Lovey Smith, by the way, after a 10 and six year, didn't understand why they did that. They've had one winning season in the last 10 years. The Commanders, they've had two winning seasons in the last 10 years, and those two winning seasons were nine and eight win seasons. The Jets in the last 10 years, nine losing seasons. The Giants fired Tom Coughlin, a two-time Super Bowl winning head coach. Granted, he had three losing seasons to end, so I get that, but in the last eight seasons since they've had, since they've gotten rid of him, they've had six losing records. They're, they're, and so there are, those are two reasons why the Roonies don't fire rec- recklessly. A, it's not how this franchise was built to uh, on its success. They held on to Bill Cowher when he struggled, and it worked out. And they and they and they and it, it it led to them getting Tomlin eventually when Bill Cowher was ready to retire on his own on his own standard. And I think they want to lean on on that in this situation if it, if it can work that way. But the other big thing that everyone knows is money. The Roonies do not want to have to pay a head coach who they're firing because all their money's guaranteed while also paying for a new guy. So. It would this would firing Mike Tomlin be a realistic? Let's get real for a second. It's just highly unlikely. Whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not, whether you hate it or not, I just don't think it's the real situation that the Roonies are doing here. They're not known for firing coaches and then owing them more money and paying a new guy to be head coach. At best, the, the Roonies are going to wait out, wait it out, and see how things go with Mike Tomlin's last year of his contract, which is next season. And so 
what do you do with that? Well, then you start to explore the second and third options that, that we have here. And part of that second option is keeping Mike Tomlin for for a year and not extending him. We'll get we'll get to that in a sec. But if you do that, or even if you don't, if you do extend him, whatever you do, you need a new offensive coordinator and probably a whole new offensive staff to fix things for the Steelers. And that could be the tricky part to, to pull off because who is going to want to come in and try to start a whole new job as an offensive coordinator under a head coach who has one year left on his deal. Some people, some people could see that as a lame duck year, and that can lead to getting bad candidates in your coaching search, and that can lead to another bad hire and another bad offense for years to come. I think there's a trick the Steelers can play to beat that problem specifically and get a good offensive coordinator who could give them multiple options on the on the back end if things do or don't work out with Mike Tomlin for the future. I'll get to those next here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. we got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your new your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates that with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit linkedin post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our discussion about how the Steelers handle their coaching situation right now. We went over the first option of firing Mike Tomlin. So let's get to another option here of moving on with Mike Tomlin. Now, there's a few things that they could do because they need an offensive coordinator and it wouldn't, and you, you put yourself in a position where you need to make some moves. So let's explore the offensive coordinator search here for, for a second. So if the Steelers are looking to get an offensive coordinator, it most likely cannot be, and it's most likely not going to be an offensive coordinator coming from a good offense because lateral moves just don't happen from a good offense to a bad offense when you're just taking an offensive coordinator position. If an offensive coordinator is successful in their job right now as somewhere else like the Chiefs or the Dolphins or the you know the, the Lions, they're moving up for head coaching jobs. They're not waiting around to, to take another offensive coordinator job in, in most in most scenarios there. So the best, the only chance you get at a chance at a lateral move of getting an offensive coordinator who becomes your offensive coordinator is if there's a firing. We'll get to that in a minute because that's part of the trick I'm going to be talking about. But let's look at position coaches, quarterback coaches specifically, and passing game coordinators who you could promote to offensive coordinator on your team. And these are just some of the names that are out there. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Daryl Bevel, a guy who's had a track record. He's been an offensive coordinator for the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Jaguars. And with the Seahawks, he had a top 10 scoring offense for four straight years with Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and that crew when they were really good in the 2010s. But he's also had some terrible years with the Vikings, had some terrible years with the Jaguars, also plenty of mid-years. He's also 50 54 years old. It's like, 
nah, okay, I'm 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 not feeling him as much. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not there. The obvious candidate that everyone's going to want to talk about, Clint Kubiak, young guy, uh, 36 years old, son of Gary Kubiak, obvious uh, NFL coaching lineage. Uh, you know, the Steelers have like, like lineage in a lot of their hires uh, for a lot of things. Also has done a solid job as the, as the 49ers passing game coordinator for their offense this year. So maybe he's a guy that's a hot candidate. And I think he's going to be a hot candidate very soon for anyone. So Maybe you want to make promote him before anyone else, and he could be your guy and kind of bring some of that that Kyle Shanahan offense to your to your system. An off the beat hire that you could do the one that's a little bit, you know, maybe not as not as obvious as a Clint Kubiak, uh, a guy maybe like a Marcus Brady. He was offensive coordinator for the Colts for two years uh, before they they gutted their whole staff, and this year he's been a senior offensive assistant for the Eagles, helping Jalen Hurts out. And he's forty four years old. Maybe he can work. And okay, cool. All those options are there, but let's go back to what I said earlier about lateral moves unless there's a firing. Because remember, the, the you know, again, if you're a good OC from a good offense that's running a good offense, you're not leaving that good offense unless you're getting a head coaching job somewhere um, or unless your head coach has been fired and then your staff is getting gutted and you need to find a new home. Ultimately, I think the Roonies want to avoid another experiment like Matt Canada or, you know, or just another experiment, period, at offensive coordinator. And they want to want to get a good offensive coordinator with a good record. So most most likely you want to find an offensive coordinator that could still be really good, but just be being being part of a staff that's just about to get torn apart because of uh, their head coaching situation. So. Let's look at who's been fired or who's about to get fired at head coach that might open up a good offensive coordinator or a person you think could be a good offensive coordinator. There are two very obvious ones, and follow me here, the head coach of the Chargers who's already been fired in Brandon Staley and Ron Rivera for the Washington Commanders. Now, who you're thinking, who are their two offensive coordinators? For the Chargers, it's Kellen Moore. And if you remember him, he's been an offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, and now he's been an offensive coordinator for the Chargers. He's been working with, with Justin Herbert. And then, of course, for the Commanders, a very familiar name to a lot of you guys, Eric Bieniemy. We'll get to him in a second. But for more, this is a guy who's very young. He's 34 years old. Uh, you know, he's, he spent four years with the Dallas with, as the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. Uh, three out of those four years, they had a top 10 scoring offense, has a good track record, worked with Dak Prescott, now with Justin Herbert. Could be a really good young offensive mind to come in, bring in some of that, some ingenuity, uh, some innovation, and also bring in the experience to say, hey, I can work with and develop Kenny Pickett and or if you want to draft Dalen Daniels or whoever you want in the in the draft, if you want to bring in a new quarterback, I can be that guy that helps cultivate the offense and cultivate a new quarterback for you. And he'd be young, so you have a chance there. Okay, so Kellen Moore. But the obvious name that everyone's going to want to talk about that I just said is Eric Bieniemy, 54 years old, obviously was the coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for five seasons while they had Patrick Mahomes in that offense. And granted, he didn't call the plays in that offense, but he organized the room, much like Eddie Faulkner organizes the room for the Steelers right now, but doesn't necessarily call the plays for the, for the, for the Steelers. But Eric Bieniemy, he's, uh, you know, you, you can say, yeah, he didn't call the plays, but he still coached and organized Patrick Mahomes' offense, worked with them closely, and was a big part of their, of their success. And since he's left, the offense hasn't been exactly too great. Granted, their wide receivers stink now too, but you, you can look at that. And I'd also say that in his first year with the Commanders, Eric Bieniemy has kind of made Sam Howell look all right at times. Uh, not, not a leader or anything, but he's done okay there. So, and I, th I think that could be an interesting one. Now, in even more interestingly is if you look at Eric Bieniemy's history, he has a tie to Mike Tomlin. 
because both were hired back in 2006 to the same Minnesota Vikings coaching staff. And of course, Mike Tomlin a year later goes on to become the head coach of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bienemy stuck around for a little bit, bounced around, and then he found his way to An Andy Reid years later and became the Bienemy that we know now. So those are two names that I think give you the proven track record and less of the experiment that the Steelers might be worried about if they went with you know a position coach who you're hoping can develop into a coordinator. You're getting an actual coordinator who's had actual success. And again, you're getting these guys from two coaching staffs that are about to be gutted most likely because their whole, their, their whole team's going to be ripped apart and everyone's going to be looking for new answers there. And those are just two options I think the Steelers could have on the table there. But we get back to the point that I made earlier. What offensive coordinator wants to come to this mess of an offense the Steelers are in right now and come here knowing that Mike Tomlin is on the last year of his deal and this could be a lame duck year, and especially with these two guys who they might be about to be out of a job depending on how the commanders and the Chargers handle their coaching staffs after this year. But they might say, listen, I just left the staff. I'm not trying to have to leave one again. That's where I think the Steelers are could play that trick I was talking about earlier that that's where a move I think the Steelers could give could give themselves that won't that'll just make sure that a they will they, they can give these guys something a bit of, a bit of a promise of having something more with the Pittsburgh Steelers and b not necessarily tying yourself to Mike Tomlin regardless of his success moving moving forward that is actually more dependent on him being more successful in in the coming years putting pressure on him to succeed but also giving yourself an out if he doesn't I'll explain that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. I got, a, I got a few more points and a few more options the Steelers have right here on the other side of this break. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Get ready for the for the NFL push to the playoffs as FanDuel America's number one sportsbook gives you all the best options to make yo money betting on NF NFL games. Remember, new customers, if you sign up for FanDuel today, get $150 back in bonus bets with, win with any winning $5 money line bet. So whoever you think is going to win, Put five bucks on the money line, and if you hit, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets back on back in your FanDuel wallet that you can that you can use right away to make more bets on anything from split spreads to player props to over unders. They have all the different options that you can bet on and all the parlays that you can want on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel today and make sure that you participate in the number one sports book in America so that you can start winning today. By do and also don't forget to get this deal. You got to go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and that'll get you ready for the NFL. NFL playoffs and get you ready to make money as you see teams push for the NFL playoffs. And remember, new customers, if you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, you get $150 back in bonus bets with a with by winning any $5 money line bet. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NFL. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here, and I want to get back to this point here about how to address the lame duck problem, because it could be an issue for offensive coordinators to be like, I don't want to go coach in a system that might get gutted after a year if Mike Tomlin gets fired. Okay, so obvious problem there is Tomlin's on the last year of his deal. And it's not so obvious if the Steelers want to keep him long term. So an offensive coordinator might not feel safe in making this hire. So there's two ways around that. 
One of them, let's get this. This is the second option here that I'm talking about. If the, we're talking about the three options of how to move forward, the second option, of course, is extending Mike Tomlin. And you could extend him after this year. I don't see that happening right now. But the way that Steelers are at right now, I think the Roonies want to see something uh, that could that could pull the Steelers forward. You say, hey, all right, Mike's still got it. He's still the guy that we want leading, leading this franchise. And I, I think the only way that happens after this season, like in, in this upcoming offseason, is if the Steelers win out, go 10-7, and seven, and get a playoff win. And listen, I'm Chris Carter. I'm one of the more look on the bright side type of guys out here in the Pittsburgh media world. I don't even I even I don't see that happen. Let let's just be realistic. The Steelers ain't doing all that right now with the way they're playing. And if they do, it'll be a big story that we'll talk about a lot on this show. But let's get realistic. And if you remember earlier in the show, I said there's a trick that they can play to get these offensive coordinators to understand, hey, you may feel volatile. You're in a volatile situation that you're walking into. You're jumping out of a fire and into a frying pan that's about to be lit on fire again. This is where you work your way around that. You give yourself a two-way chance of success, uh, or give them, excuse me, a two-way ch- way chance of, six, of success and potentially being a head coach. You go to you go to Kellen Moore or Eric Bieniemy, and you say, "Hey, guys," in the interview, if you guys do come to this offense and turn it around and do a great job turning around at what's been a historically bad offense. Everyone talks about how bad this offense is every single, single week. We hear all the time. It's a terrible offense. It's, it's been, it's been this, that no one's no offense has been this bad. No offense has had this streak of non 400 yard, whatever's. So if you turn that offense around in a year's time, two years time, one Tom will get extended because he, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be coaching a, a better, a better team at that point. But also as an offensive coordinator, you'll get to write your own check wherever you want, because then everyone will say, look, that dude fixed Kenny Pickett. That dude fixed that Steelers offense. I want that guy as my next head coach. And then you will get a payday. So I'd issue that as the first part of my thing to Kellen Moore and Eric Bietemi as a potential offensive coordinator hire so that they feel safer about the lame duck experience. But let's say it doesn't go well. Let's say the team doesn't turn things around. And yes, that Steelers do let go of, of Mike Tomlin and don't just don't extend him after, after next year. If things don't go that way, you can say, hey, listen, Bietemi, Moore. If things, as long as you do a good job coaching the offense, even if the rest of the team don't pull it together, you're the next guy. And then they, they can say, you know what? I have a two a two way situation to be a head coach. Either I make this offense work and we become one of the better teams in the NFL, and then I go get a head coaching job very soon after, or I'm I do a good job at my job, but the rest of the team doesn't work because things aren't working under Mike Tomlin. You move on from Mike Tomlin and then I become your next head coach. And I already have a, a track record with the organization. Now you have an offensive led led team with a head coach and you have a whole new path with with or without Kenny Pickett or whoever you want to work with for the future. That's a situation I think that you could sell to these guys. And again, they'd have to be good at offensive coordinator. If they stink as offensive coordinator for the Steelers and the whole team stinks, then I'd be like, all right, well, you, we bet on you and you, and, and you didn't come through. But I think that's something you could sell to, to, to guys like the enemy, like more like guys who are probably looking and saying like, I don't know about this situation. I might not have a job after, after a year. If uh, you know, if things don't work, but I, I, you're telling me that I could either a fix the offense and get a, get a head coaching job somewhere soon after, or B just be the next head coach, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could get with that. I think that that's, that's the, that's the angle that this, that the Roonies need to employ to get one of these higher level offensive coordinators out here. Because if you're the Roonies, 
you're also putting yourselves in a two-win situation. Either A, you fix the offense and Mike Tomlin's still your head coach, or you have another option in the in line already, and you don't have to do a whole bl- blind head coaching search uh, when you get rid of a guy. And I think that is a real pad. Let's be real. I talk to people around the Steelers. I just don't see the Steelers firing Mike Tomlin after this year or even trading him. I think that they that it would break the Rooney code. It would do everything against it. I think the real path is not blindly firing him or trading away and then having to go through the coaching search and then having to find a guy and hoping that you hit, hit on the right guy, right guy there. And like, they, they, they I just don't see them doing that. Um, I think it'd be better to bring in, to give Mike Tomlin a chance to clean things up after what might be his first losing season ever, or just getting him a chance to reclaim things with a new offensive coordinator who could be better. And not only would you give yourself a chance to do that with a coach that you know you've had success with before, but you'd also have a succession plan in place for if he fails. And I think that just makes the most sense here, right? You give yourself the chance of having the offensive-minded head coach if things don't work out, or you keep the head coach that you know is a good CEO head coach and is respected across the league, and you have that offensive mind on your staff for at least the next two to three years. And then if things work out and he gets hired as a head coach, all of a sudden people you you have your pick of the litter because then people will say, hey, I want to coach that offense next. And that's the good – I think that is the real path here. That is the path that makes the most sense. But will the Steelers do that? use that path? I don't know. They haven't exactly made some of the best hires of late, and uh, I think that that could uh, that, that, that that could be a big question for them. But I do think that path makes sense. From again, the people I talk to around the organization uh, and every everything, this this organization still thinks Mike Tomlin could be the can be the guy that leads this this org- this organization, this Steelers, this franchise back to back to not just winning seasons and just getting over the hump at nine and eight, but back to being a Super Bowl contender in some, in in, in, a, in some time soon. I do, and I get that sense that because that's that's the faith that they place him, and that's just how this organization is operated. As I as I keep bringing up to you guys. A lot of people, you know, you know, when Dan Rooney extended Bill Cowher after he had three years in a row missing the playoffs, two of those were losing seasons from the late 90s into 2000. A lot of people didn't understand why Dan Rooney extended Bill Cowher. He said, hey, that guy, that, that guy has, still has people who believe in him. I think he can turn things around. The next year they go 13 and three, win one playoff game, get smoked by the Patriots um, in, in the next in the next one. But it gave Bill Cowher the time to assemble the core that became the Super Bowl 40 team that won the Steelers their fifth Super Bowl championship. And I think that that's a shining example of why the Roonies don't make just knee jerk. Ah, this is a bad season. Let's fire these guys type of type of moves. I think that that's part of what's built their success and allowed them to be in the position that that, that they are now. Um, so if they go down this path of high, uh, of of getting one of these offensive minds, a Kellen Moore and Eric Bieniemy, and there might be more guys. You know, there's always you know Black Monday in the NFL at the end of the last day of the NFL season. All sorts of coaches, head coaches, get fired, and in that situation, all sorts of offensive coordinators become free. But these are two offensive coordinators that I think could be at the top of your list for their track record of working with other teams. Again, more with the Cowboys, made that Cowboys offense one of a top 10 scoring unit a lot of times, and just worked with Justin Herbert. Bienemy obviously worked with Mahomes, has tra- has a good track record there, uh, and now had did a, a, a again a decent job with Sam Howell. Didn't make them a leader, nothing, didn't make them obviously they're not really contenders, but you can see merits to what Bienemy does. You could get one of those guys in your organization and maybe fix your offense that is just looked lifeless for the for the past few years 
that just seems like a plan that you could set yourself up with either that and or that guy being your next ho- head coach to maybe fix your whole team if Mike Tomlin doesn't after this season. It just makes sense to set yourself up with multiple chances to move onward and upward and not and, and not just one path where if you miss on it, you could risk becoming one of the bottom feeders uh, of the NFL. And if both of those things miss, okay, well, you took your shot. But that's why I think that this is the better path here that the Steelers should take moving forward because it gives you those, those options there. And again, it allows you to say, hey, we're giving Mike Tomlin a chance to correct what's been a disappointing end to a, a good start to a season when they started 7-4. and four, We're in position to jump into the, the, the first seed race of the, of the AFC and have now fallen flat on their faces to fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. We don't know how that, how that season's going to finish. I don't think it's going to end well with the way they're playing right now, but we don't know. But this way, you give Mike Tomlin a year to correct things. You get you get a potential future head coach on your on your coaching staff, or at bet or at worst, you have a you have a, a talented offensive coordinator who could come in and maybe bring in the success that he's instituted in other offenses around the NFL. Get new ideas, fresh coaching, fresh offense, and help. And and maybe you either find out if Kenny Pickett can be the guy, or you go and get the guy that this coordinator and potential future head coach develops into your next franchise quarterback. That all makes sense to me. Now, will he do it? We'll we'll see. Uh, and I think that I think that's why this should be the move is it gives you those multiple options and potential chances at getting those new offensive minds onto your team. But no matter who the coaches are for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the players have to be better. I specifically didn't talk about the players because we're going to do that on tomorrow's episode. Because as y'all know. Tomorrow's episode, although the Tuesday episode, will be our Stars and Skulls grading episode where we go over the film. I've already done some All-22 review. I'll probably try to put up some film threads on uh, on Twitter uh, on, on, on later today, so look out for that. Um, but that's that, we'll, we'll get to that here. But I wanted to make this episode specifically about the potential coaching paths that the Steelers have in front of them and why I think that there's multiple options, not just firing Tomlin, not just extending Tomlin, but potentially a middle ground that would make a lot of sense for the Steelers to take if they, if they make some smart moves. Again, we'll get to Stars and Skulls raised for the Steelers' terrible loss to the Colts. As you, as you can expect, it's going to be a graveyard, lots of skulls, and probably some bus tickets too. We'll get to all that and more on the on the Tuesday episode of the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Again, big shout-out to my, to my old man, Leonard Carter, Pops, for, for getting into the City League Hall of Fame here in the city of Pittsburgh. Appreciate you and love you, Pops, as always. Stay tuned for the Locked on Steelers podcast all week long. We're getting ready with your daily episodes on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Find this episode find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on youtube like this video if you enjoyed it subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily monday through friday episodes and read my work at the pittsburgh post gazette post-gazette.com we'll see you again here on the locked on steelers podcast 